Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, we have uh, with me in the studio Eddie Keane, a regular contributor on Limerick today. He's a lecturer on employment law in the University of uh, Limerick. And we're also joined on the line by Fianna Fáil TD for Limerick City, Willie O'D. And you're both uh, welcome to the show. And Eddie, we want to talk to you, um, well, specifically about what has emerged um, about female pilots and uh, a suggestion by the president of their association, Evan Cullen, before a Dáil committee, that it was a matter of fact, he said, that female pilots working as self-employed contractors with airlines registered in Ireland have had abortions to avoid losing out on future work because they had no entitlement to maternity leave and therefore no guarantee of a job after they came back. That is absolutely incredible stuff. It is incredible to think that in modern Ireland we have this kind of Hobson's choice for anybody. It's a, it is utterly bizarre and reprehensible. Um, really where it comes from is the idea, because the first thing that sprang to mind when I heard this was the, the legislation on this, the Maternity Protection Act, and that in itself, um, it provides for that your job is safe while, while you're out on maternity leave. It even provides for, as obviously female pilots wouldn't be able to fly or perform the job while pre- while pregnant. So it provides for that health and safety leave and has very strong protections. The biggest problem, though, is that it only applies to employees as we currently define them uh, in, Irish, uh, in, in the Irish system. And through, I suppose, a very complicated and very um, not so transparent system of hiring the, these pilots, they're technically classified as being self-employed. Now, it's really a bogus self-employment is actually the phrase that's more commonly used in this situation. And I suppose just to say, it's not just peculiar to pilots and it's not just peculiar to Ireland. It is uh, an issue right across Europe. It's kind of part of what you call the modern trend of hiring. Um, is that but, the- but obviously it's not illegal on an outright basis because if it is, they couldn't get away with it at all. Is it a grey area? It's a very grey area. Um, There's absolutely nothing illegal about a person setting themselves up as self-employed and uh, selling their services to whatever uh, they want to do. And we kind of like, it's almost like the entrepreneurial dream um, that you do this. There's also absolutely nothing illegal about hiring an employee. Where it becomes an issue and what the practice has become is that because there are always going to be more available workers than work, there's a kind of um, a strength exercised by the hirers. And what the hirers will effectively say, now, if you like, we can get into the detail of the pilots, but what the hirers effectively say is, if you want the job, then you declare yourself as being self-employed. We'll just cut you a check at the at the end of the week and you can look after your own tax, you can look after your own insurance, you can do whatever you like. And unfortunately, the employ- the workers themselves aren't really in a space to negotiate that. They either, if they want the job, then this is the, the hoops they have to go through. And it's it excludes them not just from the idea of uh, like being an employee and all the employment law as such, but it also usually excludes them from trade union representation um, and things like that. So there's nobody, they can't, they're too weak to argue on their own because there are, there's a queue behind them for the same job. And they're not part of a trade union who would argue on their behalf. Willie O'Dea, you've been looking into this yourself, haven't you? 
Yes, and as, as Eddie says, it, it's the airline, the particular problem with airline pilots is a subset of a wider problem. We have a phenomenon called, as was described there, bogus self-employment, where people are forced to declare themselves as self-employed when by any standards or by any definition or by any yardstick, they're actually employees. Uh, that has two consequences in, in this country, and as I say, it's a growing problem. The first consequence is that all their labour rights, you know, right against unfit, they're, they're entitled to not to be unfairly dismissed redundancy rights, holiday pay, etc., <clears throat> that are available to employees are automatically removed from them because <clears throat> they themselves have declared themselves not to be employees and therefore not covered by those protections. The other consequence, of course, is that employers' PRSI doesn't get paid by a self-employed person. Uh, so, so therefore, the country is losing employers' PRSI. We, we calculate to the extent of about 150 million a year at this stage now, all three opposition parties, ourselves, Sinn Féin, the Labour Party, we've all put forward our own version of legislation to deal with this. And the government have failed to progress that legislation. And indeed, what they've said is that they are studying the problem. But they've been studying the problem now for the last four or five years. It's yeah. particularly rampant and growing in the construction industry. It's spreading to other areas of the economy, such as the retail sector, the media, Joe. I mean, I, I get complaints from various journalists. I had one is, is, is freelance journalist. I had one is Related today, the IT sector, etc., and it's it's something that's, that's related to the development of the gig economy. So it is a growing problem, and it has to be confronted. Well, right. I, the thing is, uh, I, and this is, I suppose, because it was um, so frightening what the president, Captain Evan Cullen of the Pilots Association, said uh-huh. to the Doyle Committee. This is an absolute. Uh, female pilots have a choice: they either terminate employment under this type of employment, or terminate their pregnancy. You can't have both. So that is absolutely what goes on. And he was asked by the committee if he knew of any specific cases of this having happened. And Captain Cullen said, female pilots have told me that they've terminated pregnancies because they have no entitlement to maternity leave and therefore no guarantee of a job after they come back. I mean, that is just incredible well, stuff. Well, we did, we did, as you say, we did ask for specific instances. We haven't got them yet, but I think the captain has, uh, has promised to provide them. So I can't be certain of that. But what I can be certain of is this. That there's a phenomenon in the airline industry called fuel burn. And pilots uh, who are taken on by airline companies are judged on how much fuel they burn. Uh, people who burn more fuel obviously have reduced the company's profits. So they're in the red zone. They're, they're the least desirable to, 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 to call on me of a job. People who burn the least fuel are in the green zone, which, which, which makes them more desirable. Now, this is a number of consequences from the safety point of view, particularly if you're landing and there are crosswinds, you may have to circle around quite a bit in order to get the, op- in order to land at the optimum time. And this means that you burn more fuel and that means you make yourself a bad buy. So people, people who are depending on the job, where depending on being called back, uh, will obviously be prepared to take a chance. Another instance that was quoted before the committee by the airline captain was uh, if a pilot notices some slight defect in the plane and says, you know, in the interest of safety, it's better not to special postpone this slight until this problem is rectified again. That, that causes the uh, in, in, the airline company to frown in you because, I mean, flights are delayed, etc. It eats into the profits of the company. Now, people, if, if people had a contract of employment, 
they couldn't obviously be sacked or dismissed because they brought a defect to the attention of their employer. But of course, it's different from yourself employees. You can be, you needn't be called on again. That is yeah. the essential problem yeah. here. Yeah, we're chatting to Willie O'DTD of uh, Fianna Fáil in Limerick City and Eddie Keane, who is a lecturer in employment law at the University of Limerick. Um, Eddie, I think I would prefer my pilot male or female, to be secure and content and feeling that they could make whatever necessary decision they needed to make to get me from point A to point B safely uh, than in any other state of mind. I uh, absolutely, Joe, and I think I would as well. I think what I what, what I would like to see in uh, when I get on the plane, I'd like to think, as you say, that the pilot is secure. There's also an issue here that because the pilot is not uh, an employee, they're also not necessarily subject to the organisation of working time. So the idea of you know rest periods and all that, all, all that sort of thing, you could have a very tired pilot who has very little choice but to keep flying and, and keep going. So there's a whole there's a, as well as the, the, the issues that um, uh, Willie O'Dea has announced there, there are other issues as well, even just down to the, the, the simple things. Now, it would make life an awful lot simpler and an awful lot safer if the employee had more security and even but right across all the different spectrum, across employment and across different places, an insecure worker is a worker who won't stand up or, or, or uh, raise any issues. But Willie O'Dea's point that uh, opposition parties have you know arrived maybe at the same place but come at it from a different way with some of their draft legislation, Eddie. I mean, mm-hmm. as an expert, why is this so complicated when you hear some of the shocking stories we've chatted about this morning? It's it's very complicated in the idea that no no two hiring relationships are the same. And one of the issues, there, there isn't actually a definition in, uh, in Irish law as to what an employee is. And there's actually, part of the reason behind that is that the more clear the definition becomes, the more easy it is to avoid it. If the definition of an employee, for argument's sake, was somebody who works from 8 o'clock to 5 on Monday to Friday, then all the uh, hire, an unscrupulous hire, would do is say, well, we'll hire him from 9 o'clock to 6, so, and when uh, we'll avoid the definition of employee. So the more distinct it becomes, the more easy it is to avoid by somebody who, who's unscrupulous. Um, that's why what's actually what, what we have done for the last 100 years is we have left this to courts to, dis- to determine what the actual contract is. is it, and there's this kind of arcane language of a contract of service or a contract for service. Um, and we have left that to the courts to decide because the court can look at an individual situation on a given day. Right. And Willie, I mean, isn't that going to be a problem with any attempt to resolve this issue? Yes, there are divided views. There are divided views in the committee about that. Some of the members feel that we should get on and try to define employee. I'm inclined to side with Eddie on that. Uh, having looked at some of the case law on the subject and having looked at some of the scope Department of Social Welfare decisions, because if you're classified, if you feel you're classified wrongly, you can apply to a, a section of the Department of Social Protection called the scope section, which is grossly uh, under under. Uh, there aren't enough people working there, put it like that, to, to deal with this huge and growing problem. But my, my my approach in the legislation I drafted was to set out a series of guidelines as to what you look for, you know, what factors you look for, which makes a person an employee, what factors you look like, and you look at the indicators that are self-employed, and put that into statutory form so that, okay, the courts will have to decide, I suppose, in a case-by-case basis, but it will give the courts pretty definitive guidelines as to what to look for and there are consequences if uh, if, 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 if an employer 
uh, wrongly describes a person as, as, as self-employed. And in most cases, I mean, you know, you can, we can talk about complications, etc., but in most cases, it's pretty obvious. I mean, a lot of the cases I've come across, it's pretty obvious. I mean, take people in the construction sector, for example, plumbers, plasterers, etc., working in the building site. Um, a lot of those are forced to designate themselves as self-employed, even though they have no control over the job. There's no responsibility for profits or whatever. They're simply employees in the same way as anybody, anybody, any ordinary yeah. construct, any ordinary uh, manual but, worker is an employee. Yeah, but, but part of the problem is that you're in the economy that we're operating in now, and of course, you know, we're getting back to uh, close to full employment. There are still lots of issues in Limerick and elsewhere, but the progress is definitely being made on that front. Uh, you have a lot of airy, fairy, nonsense talked by everyone, you know, um, employers, sometimes politicians, sometimes even the media, about how we need to make life as easy as possible uh, for people to be in the workforce, but still balance it with family life. And in some cases, the solution is actually contract work or work per job, isn't it? Of course it is, Joe. I mean, sure, that's the point. I mean, if somebody would say, if it suits uh, the person, the employee, uh, the self-employed person, the person who is doing the work, the person we're talking about here, if it suits them to be self-employed, then there's no way that I would stand in their way. I mean, if they want to sign up, if they voluntarily want to opt to be self-employed, that's fine. But the fact is they're being forced into this situation. I mean, not for family reasons or not because employers want to make their lives more flexible, but employers want complete control over hiring and firing. They don't want to be restricted by the labour laws of the country and they don't want to pay employers PRSI. Right. Uh, Eddie Keane from UL, um, with your expert hat on, how quickly do you think this will be resolved? I think it's a rather complex problem to resolve. One of the things, one of the proposals that has been made um, is the idea that currently as it stands, if you think you've been misclassified, you take your case to the Workplace Relations Commission or as, as Willie O'Dea said, you take it to Scope or someplace like that. But they're all individual cases. So it's for everyone to fight their own battle as such, you know. So one of the proposals is that there could be kind of like blanket determinations made and things like that, you know, about everybody who's working under this type of arrangement is classified as a particular one or the other. They call them class actions in the States, don't they? Yes, yeah, that's those kind of, um, I suppose, blankets or or, uh, broad spectrum ones. it is a complex problem because, as you say, no matter what way you get into defining this, when you get down into the nitty-gritty of the devil is in the detail, it, it does become a lot more complex. And is that why we rarely see successful prosecutions or determinations on this? Because it is so convoluted. Um, we, I suppose the first, the, the, the first inhibitor is the amount of people that actually take cases and take them all the way through as such because sometimes it's just easier to think oh look I'm leaving the job I couldn't be bothered with the hassle um, that that inhibitor to it then when you get through as I say it gets a, it gets a bit more complex um, you have to be really committed to taking your case if you're going to be heading for the superior courts it's like that it's not easily solved alright listen great to see you again thank you very much Eddie Keane uh, who is lecturer in employment law at the University of Limerick and Limerick City Fianna Fáil TD Willie O'Dea who's been looking into this one as well Call Limerick today now on 461995.